0: what's going on guys it's nick here back into the video week four in the books if you thought last week was bad for the waiver wire i have some rough news for you this week is even worse there are actually some solid defense streaming options so even if you don't have a great option there's a few you could probably pick up on free agency that are going to be totally fine uh, but other than that it is mostly garbage on free agency this week the top options in my eyes are the two wide receivers Jameson Williams and Michael Wilson. Jameson Williams was supposed to be suspended for the first six weeks. Of course, we hear last week that the league amended its betting policy so he can return this week. I am not expecting him to go out there and dominate. And I absolutely think that he's a better best ball player than redraft. He is my most rostered player in best ball by like three or four percent. So I'm happy he came back early. But that does not mean, I think, in the I have him in one of three leagues right now, right? That doesn't mean this week I'm going in here, chucking him into lineups and expecting him to be a wide receiver too. He's an incredibly explosive wide wide receiver. He's on an incredible offense that's also thin at wide receiver. So he's gonna have snaps. He's gonna have a few weeks this season that are really, really high upside. He's just kind of gonna be someone that's like Gabe Davis, but My guess is probably a little bit worse, but someone like that where you're like, yes, he could go out there, have three receptions, 120 yards, and a 40-yard rushing touchdown. That is in the range of outcomes every single week for Jamison Williams. What he could also do is have five targets, catch one of them 20 yards, and do nothing. So we're hoping basically at some point he's going to be someone we're consistently using in the flex and really leaning on in big matchups, but... He's not worth the number one claim. He's probably not worth number two claim. No one in today's video is someone that I would probably put a one or two claim on. I don't think anyone is worth that this week. Uh, But again, he's a high upside player. He is the one I would go after. Um, And then Michael Wilson, listen, like his weekly ceiling is not nearly as high as Jameson Williams, but he's someone I really did like taking in round 18 on underdog because he was a solid prospect. And he had a path to immediate snaps. Those are two very important things, especially for rookie wide receivers. And that, like, you can be a great prospect, but look what's happening to JSN. JSN's not really getting a huge target share, not getting, I mean, the snaps are kind of trending up and the target share is leaning that way. But you've got Lockett, you've got Metcalf, right? And so when you have Michael Wilson, you're like, okay, well, all you have is Marquise Brown immediately in week one, he played, what like a 90% snap share. He's the locked-in wide receiver too. Last week, he outproduced uh, Marquise Brown. He's played at least 67% of snaps in three or four weeks. He's been highly efficient. He's caught 87.5% of his catches or his targets. Like, of course, that's not going to continue, right? But at least it points to the fact that He's been good. He's been getting open, been getting the ball. He's a clearly a good wide receiver. And honestly, his great game game came against like the 49ers, like they're a very very good defense. He caught all seven targets, 76 yards, two touchdowns. Like he's been playing well and Dobbs has been playing really really well. Again, against good teams. They beat Dallas they were competitive for a while against the 49ers, but at least did something on offenses. They're not going out there and playing the Broncos and the Bears every single week. Like They're playing good teams and they're producing. And so as things keep rolling, again, Wilson is clearly good. Um, not someone that like you're starting in, let's say, a 12-team league. Right now. Probably not. But by the end of the season, that could absolutely be the case. And so I think in all formats, he should be rostered. But again, not a number one claim, not a number two claim. Um, I would say like for, for Jamison Williams seven eight percent if you want to spend that sort of fab on him uh michael wilson maybe like five six seven percent depends on your team how competitive your league is how much you need wide receiver but those are the general ranges i'd be spending on them this week after those two wide receivers i'd go after um at least for a receiver position i'd go after uh marvin mims again continues to be like the most efficient wide receiver in the nfl yet he continues to play only like 15, 16, or 17 snaps every week. Uh, there really isn't anything to say about him that I haven't already said already. Like, we didn't learn anything new this week except for, you know, the breakout is push back a week because they're just not giving him the snaps. But he's going to be a great wide receiver. The snaps just need to go up, right? Uh, once they do, he's not going to be available. I think that's the thing. It's like, there's a lot of leagues where he's probably not available right now. But in many leagues, he is because he's having these good games, but like, He's not exploding consistently. The targets aren't spiking up to like 9, 10 every week. But once he goes out there, has a game where he has 60% of the snaps, he has 7, 8 targets, produces really well, scores a touchdown. Now he's the top waiver claim. So you want to try and get in before that happens. Again, really good stash. Um, my thought is it's probably going to take until week like 10 or 11. They go on by in week 9. We know rookie wide receivers historically see a big post-buy bump in target share, in production. I'm thinking they go on by in week nine. We come out week 10, week 11. That's where we're really looking at Marvin Mims, but you should roster him if you have the ability to right now. Uh, Only other three wide receivers that stand out to me this week are Tyler Boyd, Zay Jones, and Trey Palmer. Boyd, because Higgins should miss like a week or two. Uh, But honestly, someone's probably going to put in a bid Uh, that's too high for Tyler Boyd a waiver claim that's too high I wouldn't spend a high waiver claim on him Um, I would personally just hold off I wouldn't even really go after Tyler Boyd we've seen Boyd play without one of Higgins or Chase we've seen him play without both of them at times he doesn't really see that big of a spike and then when you also think about the environment like you know, no team has scored fewer touchdowns than the Bengals so far this year because of the Burrow injury. Well, Burrow's not all of a sudden going to be 100% healthy next week, airing things out to Boyd every single play. Like, even Higgins and Chase have had difficulties this season. You think Tyler Boyd's going to step in? See, what, a 2% increase in his target share, and it was all of a sudden someone we want a for agency? No, I don't really think you need to go after him, but I figured I would mention him. I do like Zay Jones, though. Um, I just mentioned him because, like, everyone drafted him. But now he's been out for a few weeks. Um, People have needed those spots. And so he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. Um, Should be good good for anywhere for that. Like five to eight target range per week when healthy. Um, Decent red zone option as well for the Jaguars. So he lacks significant upside. He's not someone you're stashing and hoping he breaks out to be wide receiver one. We know what Zay Jones is. But that what he is, is someone who should be rostered in all formats. Will help you in weeks when you have buys, which are now here. Four teams on by, so two games out this week. Um, and when injuries start to rack up, which have already happened, but it's going to keep continuing all season. So I think he's someone that should still be rostered. And then Trey Palmer, it's more for deeper formats. He's the Bucks' sixth round rookie wide receiver. Again, I don't think you really need to go after him in most formats. Plus, the Bucks are on by this week. So you would need Evans to miss multiple weeks. But if it turns out that the Evans hamstring injury is a long-term thing, He was up to 72% of the snaps two weeks ago, 75% last week, talking about Trey Palmer. They're clearly trusting him more, and that was mostly with Evans healthy. If Evans were to miss time, he'd have a good snap share. He'd probably have a decent target share. Could be someone that helps you out if you had Mike Evans and he misses time. Uh, You had, like, Mike Williams. You have these players who have gone injured. T Higgins um, just kind of help you out. But again, if you're in, like... 8, 10, 12, definitely. I don't think you need to really go there. As for the running back position, it is probably grosser than the wide receiver position. Top option, in my opinion, is Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, Honestly, he looked really explosive whenever they've used him, like not even just this last week. Whenever they've given him the ball, whether it was training camp, preseason, regular season, he's looked pretty good. Uh Javonta Williams, Left last week's game with the injury. We don't really know the full extent of the injury. Obviously, if Javons Williams doesn't miss any time, you know, McLaughlin will earn a bigger role, I think, in the offense, but it'll probably just turn to a three running back committee, and that's not something you want as much a part of, especially this is the third running back in that committee. Uh, but he gained 104 yards and a touchdown on 10 touches. P. Ryan only had 35 yards on eight touches. Again, I don't know how much time Williams is going to miss right now. Plus, they played the Jets this week. It's not an exactly a great matchup. But given how good he looked, if Williams were to miss time, there's a chance McLaughlin is someone that you're relying on, especially if you had Williams. Pick him up. That's your insurance policy. Just know that, you know, like everyone today, not a top claim, not a number two claim, probably not even a number three claim. If you want to put like four, four to five percent of your fab on him, you have Williams. You need someone in case Williams is out pretty good option there. Good in pass catching as well, so he can be used in full PPR leagues. Again, it didn't come out of nowhere. I know he wasn't a high-end prospect, but there was a lot of buzz in camp of them being like, they want to get him the ball. The coaching staff definitely likes him, and then he produces last week. Like It just makes sense that if Williams misses time, he's going to be decent. Uh, After him, it's really just two handcuffs in Spears and Chuba, and then a flyer on Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Spears is one of the highest upside handcuffs you can have right now. Again, and Cuff, you can't use Spears while Henry's healthy. I know he has a decent like, decent touch share from what he expected going into the season, decent um, snap share, but you you can't play Tyje Spears while Derrick Henry's healthy. But if Henry went down, he'd have a lot of upside. He'd be the number one claim. People would be spending like 50% of their fab to get him, so a good stash. And then Chuba, um, you know, Sanders has had this like lingering groin issue. They were even last week in the snaps, uh, basically because, or in the touches, I believe, just because, you know, they, they wanted to limit um, Miles Sanders' workload. If there comes a point where they're like, okay, let's give Sanders a week off, or he just, you know, further aggravates the injury, it's multiple weeks off, Chuba will also be the number one claim. And so, again, get in there before that potentially happens. And then I would stash Keaton Mitchell if you can. Uh, the Ravens have had a bunch of injuries yet again this season on offense. Uh, and none of their backup running backs have really stepped up after Dobbins got injured and None of them are players that like you expect to be amazing. You expect Gus to be solid, someone they can rely on, but not someone they're ever going to feature, not someone who's going to get work in the passing game. I know they don't throw running backs that much, but he's not someone they can really give 20 carries and five targets a game to. They want to rotate in. And I've never been a Justice Hill believer. Uh, obviously, I don't think Melvin Gordon's any good anymore. And so there's a chance that Mitchell comes off the IR this week. Maybe he doesn't play this week, maybe he plays next week, but comes off the IR sometime in the next few weeks, goes out there, um produces decently. I don't think he has a chance to be featured. My model comps him to Philip Lindsay. He is an undersized running back. He is not someone again that I expect to go out there and have 20 carries. But if they were to potentially use Gus as like an early down grinder to kind of mix in Mitchell uh for like 10 or 11 carries and like a few targets each week, that would be viable in fantasy on this offense. So If I had to put a percentage out there, I'd say less than like a 30% chance you ever end up actually playing him. So don't go crazy. Don't be putting in crazy claims. Honestly, you can probably just add him after claims go through. But he's someone to keep an eye on, especially for those of you in like 12 team leagues and more. Eight team leagues. You don't need to really know who he is. Uh, at tight end, there is shockingly almost nothing. Uh, Jake Ferguson continues to play well. I don't know why he's you know less than fifty percent owned on sleeper. I've been over him a million times. Great red zone role. The touchdowns will be there. Like he just has a great role in the offense. Please grab him if he's available. Uh, only other player I'm even seeing is Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith actually ranks really well in expected points per game, so it's not a fluke. Like the volume is there, uh, but really only someone I'd go after in deeper formats. Last week was a great matchup. We talked about it for Pitts, but of course, I guess I didn't think too much about Chanu Smith taking all those targets. Um, Also, the thought now is basically Pitts should get healthier as the season goes on. They kind of talked about in the broadcast how the team knows that Pitts is not 100%. Would be nice if that was a little bit more communicated. Like, we knew he was coming off of the injury, and we knew the knee could be an issue, but it seems like it's much more of an issue than they're letting on. And honestly, he doesn't look amazing out there running the routes. So yeah, Jonu Smith's gonna be a thing for a while, but like if you're in a 10-team league, the odds you're playing Jonu Smith is relatively low. And it's not like Pitts is out, and it's not like the Falcons are gonna throw the ball a ton per game. So it's be plenty of weeks where Johnny Smith has, you know, one target and doesn't catch any passes. So Don't go crazy, but if you need someone, you need a streaming option, you need something. Again, the target share is there. The expected fantasy points are there, and he has looked pretty good, and he has like a history with Arthur Smith, so not a bad pickup if you need a tight end. Uh, For quarterback, uh, streaming options, I see two this week. Uh, Honestly, you can throw a third in there. We'll talk about it. Uh, CJ Stroud's probably number one at the Falcons, and then number two would be Sam Howell versus the Bears, but they're very, very close. it's going to shock a lot of people when I say this, but Stroud is third among all quarterbacks in pass attempts. Howell is ninth. You wouldn't think that, right? And Howell has mobility too. He has been running a little bit too. So crazy they ranked that high in pass attempts this season. Um, both have been a lot better than expected. There were definitely people who liked both of them. I like Stroud as a prospect. I did not think Stroud would be used this much early in the season, but both have been really, really good. Uh, I'm not. Fully complete, obviously the week five rankings, but in the initial run that I posted to the site, strout's 12th and Howell 16th. So that's a decent, um decent quarterback play. If you need someone to stream, uh, maybe you don't feel confident in what you had. Maybe your quarterback is on by Stroud Howell. Good options. Honestly, Dobbs is not that bad of an option either. Faces the Bengals this week, uh, and he's looked pretty solid he's getting some designed runs which we love for fantasy because if you have a down day passing the touchdowns don't go in your favor well if you scrambled for 30 or 40 yards that's gonna help out your floor and in really good weeks that's gonna really elevate your ceiling so i do rank him behind cj stroud behind sam howell but if you don't feel good about those options if those options are not available to you i think dobbs is good as well then finally Uh, Defense streaming, again, some pretty good options this week, some good streaming defenses against pretty bad offenses. Uh, Commanders are the number one option in my eyes at home versus the Bears. I have them projected for 4.25 sacks right now. That's very good. Um, Lions at home versus the Panthers the Lions have projected for 3.23 sacks also the Panthers have the second lowest team total of the week so even if you don't get there through sacks through turnovers you don't score a touchdown we're not expecting the Panthers to score a ton of points and so you shouldn't have a really terrible game from the Lions defense uh next up the Colts at home versus the Titans I have the Colts projected for a little bit over four sacks that's really nice Tannehill's also pacing for his career high in interception rate this season And then finally, the Dolphins at home versus the Giants. Daniel Jones just took 10 sacks on Monday night. So maybe we should be streaming defenses against that. Uh, And given the fact that, you know, the Dolphins are probably going to score 30 plus points in this game, right? You know, Daniel Jones will have to continue dropping back. He's not going to be sacked 10 times. I think I have it projected. I just did those projections this morning. It was close to five, like five sacks as a projection for the Dolphins. Who aren't even a team that's usually going to go out there and have a ton of sacks. Just the Giants' line has been so unbelievably bad. Uh, They are last in like sack percentage. So as a percentage of their dropbacks, no team gets sacked more than the Giants and Daniel Jones. So you want to be playing defense against that. Because also, as we saw last night, those can lead to touchdowns, right? You can lead to strip sacks. We can have these horrible snakes with Daniel Jones where he's throwing pick sixes. And so turnover prone plus sacks great for fantasy. So that's a look at a pretty gross week of waivers for week five. Uh, You can see a full ordered list from my most to least favorite on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com, and the fantasy stats app has been updated for all week four games. So you're going to see expected fantasy points, target shares, carry shares, just total production, all that stuff you can filter by week. You know, all that on my website again, thefencefootballadvice.com. It's available to anyone who signed up for whether, either whether it's like a, a package on the site or for underdog using my promo code. All of you have access to that. So I'll be back tomorrow to talk about some trade targets, then Thursday to go game by game with breakdowns for week five. Then, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.